Hi there. Welcome back to Proud to Be of Rust and Glass, the podcast. This is Curtis Dieter, your host and producer. In 2023, we dove into the Northwest Ohio creative scene, talking with artists, poets, writers, musicians, and rappers about what it means to make great art in this region. We're excited to kick off 2024 by moving into the realm of film. Today, we have a great conversation with Brian Ustacheski, who is a local filmmaker, sound artist, and family man. Brian, great to have you on the show, man. We appreciate you uh, stopping in to take some time to talk with us today. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here, Curtis. So let's just jump right in. You know, a lot of times when people hear about film, they think coastal, they think Hollywood. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to be a filmmaker in the Toledo area? Being in the Toledo area, uh, it it has its challenges and it has its opportunities all at the same time. I believe being, you know, a filmmaker here, you can have opportunities you can't have out in California or anywhere else out west, you know, because we have areas that can be seen by the world that has architecture that isn't like out there that has you know we have all our public parks and all those that you can film in and they're amazing areas and they just they they're how do i explain it it's like it's magical here i have to say it because we have all four seasons so you can see fall spring you know you can't see those out there usually southern california is just you don't have to have artificial snow. and Yeah, we can actually go out and film the snow, even though, you know, the cold makes batteries go lower faster. You know, it's it's just you're out there like freezing cold hands. But once, uh, once the art's done, it's great. What have been some of your favorite places in the area that you've been able to, to shoot at? Actually, uh, I did help shoot one film. It was over in... Uh, the south end right where the uh the martin luther king train station is mm-hmm. they have oh, that yeah. walk pass and i actually shot a whole segment of a film right there on that train pass and it's like it was really it was interesting to do because you got the highway there and you have the trains going underneath so you know we had to collect the sound in a certain way where like you didn't get all those and i had mm-hmm. to go back in and fake it afterwards so it was it was challenging but it was it was it was a great you know, being able to use that that scenery because I even did a we did a wide shot of like the background there, and it was just like I don't know. It, it was a really proud moment. You know, like you can show off something that's been there for a very very long time. Yeah, and there's there's a lot happening there too. I mean, that's that's a really cool area to just sort of soak in, and I've seen a lot of amazing photography from there too, and just the ingenuity and the and the engineering of some of the stuff that was built, you know, here in Toledo that's still solid, still being used. Yeah, um, I think it's amazing. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, it has a lot of perks as far as these great locations, these opportunities. You did say that there were some challenges though. What challenges have you have you had over the years? Uh, some of the challenges with it and is being able to, uh, to do permits and stuff like that, you know, being able to like have possibilities of like maybe closing down a street for a certain scene. And so you'd have to do it like they say in the industry, the, a guerrilla style shooting, you just have to kind of go in there and get, get your shots and get out. But with, you know, with, uh, film Toledo coming around and they're actually officiated now by the city of Toledo you have that possibility of being able to get these permits now. But when I did that film, there wasn't that at the time. Right. right. Do you have any, any run-ins with authorities? <laughs> uh, actually, no. But uh, if you do, you just be polite and tell them what you're doing. And, you know, just we got cameras and, you know, lighting equipment. Mm-hmm. And usually people tend not to not to bother you. Or they just come up and they're like, 
are you guys making a movie? You're like, actually, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> they'll just watch off to the side, you know, and they'll be pretty polite about right. it. And if they're not, if they're still not happy with it, you just play dumb in the end, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to be doing this. You're like, uh. <laughs> There's always that, too. So how did you first get into to filmmaking and into to video? I've always had an interest in it because, you know, growing up in some of the greatest action movies ever, you know, but how I really got started into it because I want to learn how to write for myself, you know, mm -hmm. and, and do script writing. Mm -hmm. So I looked around the city and the area and I was like, all right, who can I get to learn how to do this better other than just learning from YouTube or something, you know? I was like, okay, uh, I found Glass City Screenwriters. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to one of these meetings. And then I met up with Virginia Shine. That's her name. She's, she's the one who runs that. And I met up with her, and Michael DeSanto was there. And I just started creating a great relationship with everybody there. Really learned how to really script and write, you know, and we would read each other's scripts. And we're just, it, it's, just, it's a really good community there. Uh, do you do all parts of the process from the writing to the shooting to the editing and, and all that stuff? Are you pretty hands-on with every single stage of, of what you're creating? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'd say I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to mm -hmm. that. And, and if I don't have, like, the the perfect aspect of doing it, I can reach out to somebody else that's here and be like, hey, what would you do in this instance or et cetera, et cetera. But mostly, yeah, I'm hands-on with everything. What's, uh, what part of the process is your favorite part? I believe, I, I like the idea process, you know, into pre-production. You can come into and you have an idea and you can flesh it out and turn it into a full story. And then, yeah, that I, that and on, on set are probably some of my favorite. Because, you, you know, it, they all have their challenges, but they're... Both of those are probably my favorite, I'd have to say. I can't pick just one because I like all the process of it, but I'd have to say either one of those. Yeah, it's very important to, to enjoy the process. I think a lot of people see only finished products, and they think that that finished product is what we do it for. And a lot of times you get to that finished product and you feel a little bit empty almost. But if you really, really grasp the idea of enjoying the process to get there, I think that's incredibly important as a as a creator, especially when maybe it's not you know the and and the end point is not as rewarding as as people think it might be. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it's not. It's you get this whole uh, well, how would you say that you work on this whole thing and you're like, hey, this great idea has come apart, and then everybody gets to see it and they're like, wow, good job, and you're like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What can I do next? <laughs> yeah, and everybody's like, "What's your next project?" And you're like, "I got like ten. I don't know which ones to start on here." Uh, you mentioned uh, the early action movies that you grew up with. Do you have any any particular films that were sort of your biggest influences, or your favorite things you come keep coming back to over and over again? Probably my favorite action movie would have to be Conan the Barbarian. Okay. I don't care what anybody says. I that, love it. that movie is amazing. <laughs> I still watch it this day. I watched it a lot with my dad growing up, you know, and I was just like, this is what makes me want to do film here, watching Arnold swing a big sword, you know, it was pretty sweet. <laughs> I love it. Any any non-action movies that you think sort of resonate with your work today? I would have to say probably Stanley Kubrick's 2001. Okay. I really, 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 really love that movie. It's very well shot. He was a photographer before he was a cinematographer, by the way, if you didn't know that. That's how he had his framing done so well is because he had everything centerline framed. It's 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 really interesting once you start diving into like some of them classic filmmakers, mm -hmm. you know, and you just watch how they build those things, and you're like, dude, this is... And that's where I channel my end. I'm like, wow, dude, that's, that's so awesome. I can just... I can use that. 
and I can see how, why he did it like that and why he framed that shot like that. And, and it helps build into that. From what little I know of Kubrick, it sounds like he was a perfectionist almost to a point of driving some of his, his actors and his, his producers and things kind of crazy. But yeah. I mean, you see it, the incredible movies that he's made. So Yeah, like right when he does that, that, if anybody, you know, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. But at the end where he's going through the times time warp thing at the end, they literally took like oil-based paint and stuck it on film and ran it through a light. And they, they were just dropping this this highly toxic paint. <laughs> and it was just flying through it, you know, and that when you see all them yellow colors and all this other stuff, he actually handed that while the reel was moving. So, like, that was real, amazing, real, yeah. real art, yeah. I always, with the special effects and, and some of the soundboarding stuff from older movies, I'm always just amazed to see how they did that. Yeah. like in, really cool. Like in Star Wars, they literally hand-painted all those stormtroopers when Vader was coming off. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. I was like, wow. And, and you see that picture of George Lucas by the table with all of his miniatures of all the, sh- the ships and the planets. And... Yeah, and you're like, wow, so when... When you go miniature, you got to go large scale on all your models. I was like, oh boy, I don't ever want to shoot them with small <laughs> scale. I was like, I don't, I don't have a warehouse for this. Right. Over the years, when, how old were you, do you think, when you first did your first film? Um, hmm. About pretty young or? No, no, no. Actually, uh, I waited a little bit. Um, it was after I had my kids. It was about 2000. Honestly, I, I let's see. Uh, the first one I really helped on was like 2020, okay, around there. So you know, I, I waited a little bit, perfected what I did. You know, I I started I more started in audio than with the video section. Okay. You know, so I was kind of doing my own thing with them, and took some time off with family stuff. You know, and then I was like, you know what, I'm doing film. I don't care. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing, and I'm doing it. I love it. Even though it hasn't been too long, has your process changed or evolved at all as you've sort of figured things out? Yeah, uh, a whole lot, because when you first go out there, you're a little green, you know? (laughs) And you're like, how am I going to do this? What do I do? And what are all these different jobs? And what are all these different positions? And when you're an independent filmmaker, you literally have to wear like 10,000 hats. Mm -hmm. You have to, because you have to know how audio works. You have to know how lighting works. You have to know how to do blocking. You have to know how to do, and you learn these over time and you know, how, how fast you can absorb it or what you actually like either helps, helps you build it that much faster. Right. That's very true. And and I think it's, you mentioned, I think it's important for people to also know that we all start out having no idea what we're doing, right? And yeah. we kind of learn yeah. as we go, we pick up new skills, we get better and better at it. And it's it's a process to get from, from a starting point to get somewhere we can actually produce something worth consuming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you mentioned you're a family man, you mentioned your kids a couple times, uh, you, work at, you work at Jeep, and yep. you're also doing your creative thing. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to balance. Uh, how yeah. how do you get through that? How do you make things work? Balance. That's the key word to this balance because sometimes as being a creative, you can get hyper creative. Mm-hmm. And a thing I can do like I will I'll work all the way up onto one of my projects. Let's say if I have to go to work, I work second shift. So I'll go to 4.30 working on my projects and just go straight to work afterwards. And then I come home and still work on it because I get home really late at night. And then I'll just keep working on it. And then I'll forget like, oh, yeah, I didn't take out the trash. Oops. 
Now I got to take it out at six thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's always mean, the little chores that get yeah, forgotten about, and they they just sometimes they accumulate. So you have to stay on top of mm-hmm. it and be able to balance your time between everything you do between kids and back and forth to school or doctor's appointments or whatever else. And you have to take time to set time aside to do these things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then hope that you have a a partner who is willing to give you grace when you forget to take out the trash or and i do when the the dishes pile up a little bit you know yeah yeah absolutely so it's it's hard with kids especially i mean i that's a huge part of of how i define myself as as a husband and father and, and, and i know you do too there are a lot of times where we have to do creative work and it sort of impedes on our dad time are you able to to still keep enough dad time and, and be there for the big moments and all that stuff despite working and despite yes. you know, doing what you're doing. Yes. And anytime there's like major holidays or anything, those are definite do not call me days. Right. I, I don't do it. And especially after a certain time at night either, if I'm not working or I have the day off, please don't call me. <laughs> it, I, it's, it's my time to eat my, my normal meals with my family and actually sit down and talk to everybody and see how everybody's doing and checking in, you know, and, and playing Lego time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, those 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 are the important moments, and you have to have boundaries. Yeah. You have to have boundaries on your around yourself too. I mean, yeah. I struggled a long time with when I wasn't writing, when I wasn't doing, you know, the the magazine creation things like that. I would feel guilty. I would feel awful. But now I'm like, I have to put that boundary around myself and put that boundary and saying no to other people too. Yeah, because there are things that are too important to to let slip through. Yeah, you 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 just can't let it happen. Yeah. Can you tell us about any of your upcoming projects that you're working on? Most of them are in pre-production right now, but uh, I have most of them already scripted out, and I have some p- few people casted for them. Awesome. So uh, I've been talking to a couple local actors and stuff around here, and I got a really good location for my next one. It's it's like a psychological thriller style. It's pretty good, I believe so, and uh, everybody I asked so far, they really like the idea. I can't really go into too much because it's going to be a short film, so I don't want to ruin anything right. about, about it. But uh, let's just—it it, kind of takes place in some woods, and it's in a cabin, and some people want to retreat from the daily life, you know, and that's what they want to do to try to get back to their creativity, and then, you know, it all breaks loose. Okay, is that sort of the type of stuff you usually work on, or do you are you kind of all over the place with? genre and and and, and subject and all usually, that. usually like things i work on, i if i'm working with other people i'm working on their uh, you know their thing but when i'm working on my own it's usually you know psychological sometimes you know horror and stuff i, I grew up into that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. I, I i i that's the genre I, I feel most comfortable in i'm always open to you know going into different genres as well awesome amazing that's that's really cool we have up in Monroe, Michigan, they're actually doing a lot of stuff with horror film and stuff. I don't know if you've ever been able to, yep, yep. to hook up with those guys up there. Yeah, but. actually, I know some of them up there, and I'm actually going to be filming up there awesome. because my friend's cabin is up there. So I was just like, I have to come and film at this. And he showed me some pictures, and it was just like, he's like, yeah, the River Raisins right there. And I was like, oh, man, this is this is picturesque <laughs> for this. There, There's a lot of really cool locations in Michigan. It reminds me of, of one of the first times before I married my wife, one of the first times we went and did something together. 
Yeah. We drove up to Lewiston, Michigan, which is about four hours north. Okay. And by the time we got up into the boonies, it was dark. So it was just dark, looming trees, winding roads. And I can just imagine, you know, pretty early on in dating, I can imagine her, what, what, what was going on through her head as we were driving through these woods in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. But yeah. it would be a, would have been a perfect scene for something like that. Yeah, especially when the fog gets real low and you're just like, <laughs> there we go, 6 a.m., we got to be out there. Yeah, we're shooting now. Let's go, guys. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. You mentioned Film Toledo. Uh-huh. Can you tell us a little bit more about them and about the, the the sort of blooming film scene here in the area? Yeah. Um. Well, I know Michael DeSanto has taken a long time to, you know, he was really setting the foundation for Film Toledo to get made. And that's where I, I met him. And he was in still in an early process of that. And he was building on to it, trying to get more people on board. And eventually he started building his board more, board members, and they started getting more people to listen. And then just recently he got, uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but uh, downtown, one of the one of the commissioners, like one of those people, and they were like, they listened to the story and they were like, hey, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and they got really on to it and they were like, they finally listen to this story about what's going on you know and they really enjoyed it so that it got fast-tracked like super quick over basically overnight and they all voted on to make them the official you know film commission of this area and i was just like wow that's like things usually don't move that quickly (laughs) yeah i was like dude congratulations i'm happy for you i believed in you this whole time and i've been rooting for you ever since because it's 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 a sense of pride to be a part of that now because it's official. It's it's like mm-hmm. Cleveland or Cincinnati or Dayton. They all have their own film commissions. We didn't have one, so it's actually a really proud moment now. So we, we got a lot of great things coming through that, too. That's amazing momentum. I, I hope they really do big things and, and play a huge role in, in showing off the amazing film talent that's in the area. Yeah. Um, every branch of the arts brings something to the community. Yeah. You know, we have, obviously, our art museum. We have a ton of thriving artists. We have writers. What what impact do you see a, a a budding film community bringing to Toledo? Other than bringing in larger, you know, film productions, which there are some coming soon, it shows off our history here, and it it shows you know our creativity, and it's there's so much into it. It's 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 hard to like put into words. It's a sense of pride, you know, like you. I really, really, really enjoy the film community around here. Mm-hmm. And it's everybody's so supportive of each other, no matter what they're doing. And, oh, man, it, it, I'm just, I'm proud to be a part of it. That's the best. It's so hard to put into words. It's, 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 it's not just budding. It's, it's exploding. And it's such a good time to get into it. Beautiful. I, there's something about seeing a place in your hometown in a movie or seeing it on screen. Oh, or, yeah. Or for example, I've got I've got some friends in a band who shot a music video uh-huh. uh, in the garage at the place I used to work, and it was it was amazing. It was like, oh my god, I've been there. That's awesome. It's yeah. somewhere I actually recognize. It's not this you know nameless place in California, or yeah. you know, it's not some random street in London. It's it's Toledo, yeah. and it's on screen, and people can see it, and you can live it a little bit easier because it's actually you know it's a living, breathing, moving thing there. Yeah, you're like, hey, that's a high level bridge. <laughs> I know where that's at. I know where that park that's is. That's my uncle Mike's car look at that <laughs> besides the video stuff you said you do a lot of audio stuff too yes 
and you've been doing that for longer, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. What kind of audio stuff do you do you work on? Well, um, mainly film audio, and I, I, I score and compose my own music, too. So I, I, I've been doing music since I was 16 years old. So I've, I've been in and out of you know, studio work and stuff like that. But uh, it was like a passion, you know. I, it was, I started at 16 years old, and I, I music grew and loved. You know, I grew up listening to Jimi Hendrix and stuff with my dad, and it just kind of grew onto me. And so after I learned how to do, you know, all, all the other side of music, I was like, okay, I'm going to start learning the studio side of things, and I'm going to start learning how to, you know, record and do audio and how to actually really do this because I really enjoy this. Well, you know, I had some bands fail and stuff, and I came back to it, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do a different way because I can't be on tour because I have kids now. Mm-hmm. I can't just, mm-hmm. I'm not Def Leppard or something, you know. I can't just go out and tour for 50 weeks. It's impossible. I was like, I have to find a new way to do this. Maybe I can do something with online because online started exploding by then. And I was like, okay, maybe not. Then I started learning more about doing film work and voiceover work and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, this is something I can I can actually do this. This is something I can really get to. And I was like, well, I know how to do this. I got, you know, I got with the local film community people and I met a couple people randomly here and there. And I was like, I'm going to do some onset audio, you know. So you buy a boom pole and you get some shotgun microphones, you know, and you're like, Actually, I, I like this, you know. This is actually pretty cool. This this ain't so bad. And I'm, like, one of the only people here that does this, by the way. I don't know why, but it's it's actually really fun. And you, you don't have to sit there and worry about framing. You just have to worry about capturing voices and, you know, atmospheric sounds. So, yeah, that, that's kind of how that kind of goes. And then you realize how many people are looking for assistance in doing audio work. And... Yeah, yeah. There's, there's actually, I'm working on some Foley sounds right now for another filmmaker, Anthony Wright. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been really fun process on working with his film on that because I was on set for that for some of those two, for some of the scenes. And I had a lot of fun with him. He's a really good dude. I'll have to look into him and, and try to, you know, see a little bit more about what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So anyone who might be interested in, in following along on your creative journey or checking out more of what you do, is there anywhere people can find out more information about you? Oh, uh, yeah. You can find me on Facebook. And I have a link tree, too, but that links to everything. But you can find me on Facebook under Silver Lining Audio. And uh, that's for all the audio work I do and everything else like that. And then under my video work, it's Haunted Wonderland Productions. And that's where, like, all my film stuff and my film discography is. You can find that all on Facebook and everything links to Instagram and everything else as well. Okay, beautiful. We'll have to check it out. And and I do encourage anybody listening to check out what Brian's doing. Uh, I really appreciate your time talking. This has been an amazing conversation. It's been great to to catch up with you. All right, thank you. This has been today's episode of Proud to Be of Rust and Glass. Brian and others in his field are working hard to prove that you don't have to move across the world to Hollywood or to London to make great films. You can do it right here in Toledo. And why not? We have an incredible story of grit and determination to tell, and we should welcome and celebrate any medium used to tell it. I am your host and producer, Curtis Dieter. Our executive producer is Chris Pfeiffer. If you want to join the conversation, check us out at wgte.org backslash rustandglass. Until next time, thanks for listening. Now, go forth and create. WGTE. Voices around us. 
WGTE is supported in part by the American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.